Lord, in this room, there are no doubt a few hundred Lazarus moments happening right now, little deaths that we are dying. Would you come find us today in word and sacrament? Would you bring us your care, your control, and your conquest of death? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated. St. John's Gospel is written, he tells us, he gives us the whole key to the Gospel at the end, chapter 20. He says, it's written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Today's Gospel story, at first glance, seems to be about the astounding miracle of a dead man being raised to life. And I think that's true, although did you notice Lazarus only gets a few sentences in this passage. Did you notice that? The bulk of this super long gospel reading is actually about the drama of relationships. The bulk of these verses are spent telling us about a conversation between Mary and Jesus, Martha and Jesus, the disciples and Jesus. How are relationships formed? How do, how do we grow? How do we uh, develop together? Here's the scientific, um, psychologically profound, complex answer. Okay? Are you ready? Take a note. Relationships are formed when we go through stuff together. When we go through stuff together. Mary and Martha and the disciples in John chapter 11 go through some major, major hard stuff with Jesus. And they, they, they develop, just as John tells us, this is the whole point of his gospel, they move towards Christ in faith. Their faith develops. We have in this passage Martha's declaration, you are, you are the Son of God, you are the Messiah. The disciples who already believed in Christ come to a greater belief in Christ. So today, as we get into this text, my prayer for us is that we would move, whether our faith currently is great or small, as we show up in this cathedral today, whether our faith in Christ is great or small, would we move just a little bit more, a little bit more toward Christ in faith? Would our faith deepen, become enriched as we see what Mary, Martha, and the disciples saw as they go through this Lazarus stuff? Here's what they saw, by the way. They saw God's care, His emotional care for them, His emotional engagement. The second thing they saw is God's control in the midst of all the chaos of death. And the third thing they saw is God's conquering of humanity's greatest enemy. God's care, His control, and His conquest. Let me show you this in the passage. First, faith deepens, faith develops, faith grows. Faith grows when we experience God's care for us. Have you ever been to a funeral and perhaps you knew the person, um, but not very well? And the loss you feel, certainly, standing there, uh, perhaps at the graveside or, or in the church, but when you really start to hurt, 
when the tears really come out of your eyes without your control is when you look to the left or the right and you see standing beside you someone you love even more than the person you lost, and they are grieving. That hurts. I remember my grandparents' funeral, and while I loved my grandparents, it was actually seeing my mom and dad grieve that hurt more than the loss of my grandmother or grandfather. That is the gift that Jesus offers Mary and Martha in this story. God's care. Did you know that God is emotionally engaged in your life, in the ups and downs? So that when you go through your Lazarus moment, Jesus is there with you. When you signed those divorce papers, Jesus sat beside you in tears. When you stood at the graveside, Jesus stood there with you in tears. When you got the news that the physical ailment probably isn't going to go away, this side of the resurrection, Jesus stood there with you in tears. Listen to how St. Augustine describes this attribute of God, His eminence, His closeness, His familiarity, His intimacy with humanity. St. Augustine writes, man's maker was made man that he, the ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread, he's the bread, might hunger, that the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired on its journey, that the truth might be accused of lying, that the teacher might be beaten with whips, that the foundation might be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, that the healer might be wounded, that life might die. This is who God is for us in Jesus Christ in every single one of our Lazarus moments, and that's how our faith deepens. We get to see God's care for us. How have you experienced His care? Here's the second thing Mary, Martha, and the disciples experience that moves them along the journey of faith. It's God's control. Recently, Mindy and I uh, moved into a new house. First of all, congratulations to us. We are staying married in the midst of this move. (laughs) Second of all, you never know what you're going to break, right, on a move. You don't know what's going to go wrong, especially if you're you're moving with Josh, because if I so much as look at things, they break. at least in terms of home decor. So um, we move into our house. Night number one, we find out, I mean, this is like off the sweat of our brow in Florida, the Florida heat, the U-Haul truck, nine straight hours, we're moving, sweating, breaking things, and we find out that in our brand new home, the AC is broken. This was like 5 or 6 p.m. So, th- so then you know, nine, ten o'clock, this was on a Friday or Saturday, we are ready, okay, you know what, that's okay, it's going to be fine, this is a chaotic process, we're going to be fine, we just need to take a good shower, get the sweat off us, we find out the, the, the water heater is broken. Now, we were stressed, to be sure, but let me tell you why we were not completely undone with stress, because Mindy and Josh had a secret weapon, And his name is Danny, my father-in-law. 
he is like the modern day MacGyver. And he drove down from Jacksonville and did all this stuff with his. I tell you what, I mean, the whole house could have come down in on itself in the foundation. By the next day, he would have had it up and, and running again. He fixed the water heater basically overnight. He fixed the AC basically overnight. I mean, this man is, he's a modern day MacGyver. And let me tell you what this did for a, 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 a young married couple who are trying to own their first house. It let us rest. We could rest. Danny, father-in-law, has got this. He knows what he's doing. Not just the jack of all trades, the master of all trades. Aren't I lucky, right? Just a priest. Two instances of God's control in this story that let Mary and Martha and the disciples rest in the midst of utter chaos, because that's what death is. Let me show you it in the text. John says that rather than rushing to the aid of Lazarus in uh, Bethany, he waited. Okay, what? Why did Jesus wait? John emphasizes this this, uh, discrepancy, this odd factor, when he says that Lazarus had been dead four days. In Jewish uh, theology, the understanding of the afterlife, a person's spirit, when they deceased, hovered around the body for three days. But on the fourth day, this person was irretrievably lost to death. In essence, John is saying, Jesus waited until Lazarus was gone and not coming back. The grief was realistic. The King James, literally, the the original King James uh, has this uh, question between, I think it's Martha and Jesus, when, when they get to the tomb and Jesus says, open the tomb, and Martha says in the King James, he stinketh. He stinketh. So why does Jesus wait? Because he's in control. He says over and over again in this passage, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait because Lazarus' illness will not end in death. It will end in the glory of God. This happens again. Jesus shows his, his calm, cool, collected control of all the circumstances going on when the disciples say, wait, 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 don't go back there. Don't go, don't go to Judea. Because remember, in Judea, we have enemies. In essence, the disciples are saying, we're going to die. Thomas basically says in resignation, come on, guys, let's go with them. We're all going to die anyways. Did you get that, Thomas, uh, quote? Jesus says, verse 15, Jesus says, I am glad I was not there with Lazarus so that you disciples may believe. Jesus knows what he's doing. Jesus knows what he's doing. This is what theologians call the transcendence of God. He's imminent, but he's also transcendent. One of my favorite hymns in our hymnal is number 677, I think it is. William Cooper's hymn, God Moves in a Mysterious Way. I wish I had time to tell you the story of Cooper's life, but he was plagued by depression, multiple mental breakdowns, spent time in an asylum, um, gave up his, one of the loves of his life, uh, tried to commit suicide on many, many occasions, was a good friend of John Newton's. William Cooper's life was epic, and he was a broken man, broken and, and plagued by insanity, literally. Listen to this, what he writes about his Lazarus life, his moment. God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. 
He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. That's God's transcendence. Deep in unfathomable minds with never-failing skill, God treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. And then Cooper speaks to us. He says, ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and will break on with blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense. Trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. And then the last line of the hymn is my favorite. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste like the death of Lazarus, but sweet will be the flower. Why do Mary and Martha and Lazarus, all, I mean, and the disciples all move closer to Jesus in John chapter 11. It's because they saw not only God's care for them, but they saw His control in Jesus in the midst of the circumstances. Here's the third thing that moves our faith closer to Jesus in all of our Lazarus moments. It's seeing God conquer death. Seeing God conquer death. At the end of the day, Christian, if God, our God, can conquer death, what can He not do in your life? For Eastern Orthodox Christians around the world, next Saturday, the day before Palm Sunday, is actually given, the whole day is given to commemorating Lazarus. It's called Lazarus Saturday. And in Eastern Orthodoxy, Christians celebrate this day as a way of affirming that you and I are all living the story of Lazarus. That is to say, Easter resurrection for Christians is not just a future to behold. It is a present reality to live in. We are living, even now, our resurrected lives. God has conquered death. Listen to how St. Paul says it from three of his letters. Quick quotes. You, Christian, have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Where is Christ? He's resurrected to heaven. Paul says, that was from Colossians, Paul says, you've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. Where does Christ live? ascended with the Father in heaven. That's where you are. You have been buried with Christ in baptism, he says in Romans, and then raised to walk in newness of life. You and I as Christians live right now our resurrection. So we see it. We see resurrection everywhere in the feeding of the hungry, in the clothing of the poor, in the renewed commitment to a faithful marriage, in the willingness to fight economic injustices, in the healing of a diseased body or mind, all of these little bitty resurrections that are all around us all day long will culminate in our being raised with Christ bodily on the last day. But don't lose track of the little Easter's. Let me give it to you in a sentence. As Christians, we are people who live the life of a thousand Easter's. Christians are people who live the life of a thousand Easter's, a thousand resurrections, a thousand defeats of death. So today, 
Today, as we encounter the story of Lazarus, may we, just like Mary and Martha and the disciples and the Jews all around this story, may may we be swept up into the development of our faith, whether it's great or small. May we move closer to Jesus. And when Jesus asks us, like he asked Martha in this passage, do you believe? Do you believe? May our answer be the same as Martha's. Yes, Lord, she said. Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Amen.